0: Hello and welcome to Mandatory Movies.
1: Again, why are you talking like that?
0: (laughs) Because I gotta talk over the music. Okay, (laughs) it was a problem last time when I was editing. Was it? Well, here and the music is fading. No, the music is gone now. Oh shit! Uh, Yeah, so this is Mandatory Movies. I'm Bradley Rider. Kevin Falkenberg. That's his name. Uh, And the I don't introduce myself.
1: I just say my name.
0: premise of the show is we uh we pick a movie that's currently in theaters we watch it we choose a theme based on that movie and then we talk about a couple of movies that
1: are uh <laughs> adjacent to that theme and the theme can be either really specific all the way down to just complete nonsense yeah so we're talking about greta
0: the neil jordan movie with clay grace moritz and isabelle Huppert.
1: right and well done
2: yeah, thank
0: you. And yeah, so the theme that we thought about was movie titles with a single name, but the one we went with was
1: Obsession Movies. Yes. Yeah, we went with Obsession Movies. I think we also kind of, did we toy around with doing like Neil Jordan movies or anything like that? Or, or I that, mean, you suggested it
0: and I politely ignored it. Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't want to talk about Breakfast
1: on Pluto. <laughs> All right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Then I guess we'll just do obsession movies instead. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> oh, hopefully we get to the fan early so that
0: yeah. we can contextualize that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I think we're we're uh, we're talking on this episode all about the movies that you picked. Uh, you selfish fuck. Yeah. Uh, that means I did fucking good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be. And Brad, the, the plan right now, I believe, is to do Greta and three others in this episode, and then release the other three potentially, unless they're fucking terrible, in a in a separate episode. Yeah, yeah. Peek behind the curtain. We each chose three movies to watch,
0: and oh. then we chose the three best conversation topics to actually discuss on the show. That's right. The bonus episode will be those other three movies Fuck that we yeah. bonus that Kevin didn't like that I chose. Uh, I like
1: them fine. In fact, I made a point to tell you that I liked everything. Mm-hmm. To a point. Yeah. Mostly. Anyway, so... And they, a lot of them have a, have things in common, Brad. I don't know if you knew that. Like obsession? Yeah. But we can I can go over the the uh, thematic or plot uh, uh, similarities uh, once we, we go through the list here. We got like a rubric? Yeah, that's right. Table of contents. Turn to page Roman numeral I. That's the first page. You don't need to turn to it. It's
0: right there facing you. Anyway, you're too uh, smart for me. You and your book smarts. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Fatal Attraction, the 1987 classic, highest grossing film of the year. Yeah. If you don't count Three Men and a Baby, which I don't. Uh, yeah, who does? Uh, the Fan, uh, the Tony Scott classic with Rob De Niro and his worst performance ever. We'll, we'll I talk about it. I wouldn't
1: go that far. <laughs> Come on. Uh, did you the, see hide and seek?
0: <laughs> and then unlawful entry. The <laughs> did you
1: see righteous kill? <laughs> Jonathan Kaplan, classic. Yes, unlawful with entry. Ray Liotta and Kurt Russell. <laughs> and uh, oddly enough, we're doing uh, three movies from 1996. I realized today. Are we? So yeah, uh, in, in combining both episodes with all of our picks. I, you know, I gave one peek behind the
0: curtain. You don't need to give a second. Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, that doesn't really make sense. Uh, <clears throat> no, it I'll
1: probably cut it. It's a, it's a bit inside baseball, Brad. Oh. <laughs>
0: Which brings us to the fans. That's a little joke for the fans. <laughs> yeah. The fans uh, of the fan. There are none. <laughs> <laughs> There's this guy. Uh, so, Greta. I'm a fan of the fan. Let's get right into it. I'm not. Uh, but, yeah, Greta. <clears throat> All right. I don't know who actually chose this. March was a poor month for movies to
1: discuss about theatrically. Well, I think because part of the problem was we thought about doing like, I think one of the options was Captain Marvel and we figured like, what are we really going to do with that? Because everybody's talking about comic book movies and everybody's talking about that movie and yeah so it was just kind of like let's avoid it let's avoid it and talk about a movie that nobody even wants to hear about (laughs) exactly
0: exactly you know it's funny like what
1: are we gonna do with captain marvel like do captain movies like watch captain phillips and fucking captain ron actually that we should have done that god damn it and uh flight (laughs) that doesn't fit my motif (laughs) well
0: denzel washington plays a captain in it
1: yeah, but it's not a <laughs> Captain movie. It's there's no Captain in the name. Captain Corelli's Mandolin. I think I made that joke on the last episode. Damn it. Mm, we I, also talked about. I, I um, think I got it. Because <laughs> joke is a very generous term for for that statement. N- naming a title of a movie that I think is humorous. No, but uh, we also talked about doing um, Us, which just came out. But I, and I think that was part of the reason that you know if we wanted to put an episode out for in a certain time period that picking one at the end of March was going to kind of hinder us a little bit. So we ended up going with Greta. Greta, yeah, a movie that, you know, I read a bunch of reviews
0: for this, and they're all like those three-paragraph reviews because reviewers just have nothing to say about it. (laughs) They all just say, like, yeah, it was fine. It was average, and a lot of it was kind of dumb.
1: Like, yeah, it's pretty schlocky, pretty B-movie-ish, and, uh, you know. It's fun. I actually... I had a good time watching it, so... I
0: kind of did. So, Greta, for those who don't know, which is all of you... um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, Chloe Grace Moritz plays, like, a girl who's, what, in college? Frankie. Yeah. That's her character's name. (laughs) That's right. We can edit that out. Uh, Yeah, so... So, she finds a... (laughs) A handbag on the train and decides to pick it up and return it to its owner, who is Greta Hedag, played by (laughs) Isabelle Huppert. And uh, they start this awkward friendship, and uh, Greta is this older woman who's lonely and just uh, turns out that she lures young girls, or just, I I don't know why it's always young girls, but it just happens to be. Uh, but she just leaves these handbags around hoping that people will return them. And then she kind of stalks them and
1: eventually puts them in boxes and kills them. Long story short, she's fucking crazy. Yeah. She's crazy. Yeah. And, um, I think one of the reasons you mentioned the, the young girl thing, I think because she, I guess had a daughter who she uh, quote unquote tortured in this manner when she was growing up and then later killed, she killed herself.
0: Something like that, something, yeah. The girl, the girl didn't odd. want to play the piano or something, and Greta was upset about it. and So, <laughs> so she, she locked
1: her in a trunk. Yeah. Spoilers. No, we're not spoiling it. Nobody's going to watch this. No. Uh, Select few. So anyway, uh, what are your thoughts on Greta? Um, uh, it was kind of just, uh, I don't know. I, there were things that I liked about it. I thought that... Like what? When, <clears throat> well, Brad, I'll tell you. Name one. Brad, I'll tell you. Uh, I liked... Uh, 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 how'd you pronounce it? Isabelle Huppert? Huppert. <laughs> yes. I, I loved, once she got to really ramp up the crazy, I, I thought she was like infinitely watchable because she was killing people and dancing around and, and you know, pirouetting in her living room and all this shit and it was just kind of, it was entertaining to watch.
0: I'll agree that it was infinitely watchable. Unfortunately, Neil Jordan thought that it was only worth like four minutes of the movie.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh,
0: Yeah, so for the rest of the movie, um, she's, I mean, I think she's good and she's the only reason She's really the only thing about this movie that's really watchable. Uh, if without her, if this was just like uh, you know, like Ashley Judd or something like that, then uh, I might have walked out. Even yeah. though we were going to be recording on it,
1: <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, nothing
0: I, against Ashley Judd.
1: <laughs> I did. I mean, the plot plot wise, it was pretty pretty on the nose with everything. It was fairly predictable the entire way through. Um, they, they even we just found out spoil a lot of things in the trailer that were kind of supposed to be surprise moments in the movie. I think maybe they were banking on no one seeing it. So um, they were trying to give away as much <laughs> as possible. But um, yeah, Gotta I, I don't lure know. him in like a handbag. Yeah. I did like, because they were both, the reason why they were kind of um, attracted <laughs> to each other to kind of start a friendship is because um, Chloe's character, Frankie, she, her mother just died like a year ago. She has a bad relationship with her father And so she was kind of, kind of had like a neediness that she needed like a, a, a mother or father figure in her life. And then she meets Greta who comes to find out, you know, her husband's dead. She lost her dog or whatever the fuck that was. Her, her daughters, she said her daughter was in France. Find out later she's actually dead. Spoiler, whatever. Um, So they, they both have kind of this need to connect, which is kind of where that relationship stems from. And then it just goes kind of off the rails once uh, Frankie finds out that she was tricked, I mean, again, off the
0: rails is like a generous term. This movie needed to go off the rails. Yeah. And it it needed for it needed Greta to really go off the deep end. Yeah. It goes uh, to mix the metaphor. It
1: goes a little too wacky, a little too late, I guess. Yeah. It's it's Uh, not too too wacky, but I can't even say too wacky, but it just goes.
0: It it starts to go wacky too late and then uh, stops going wacky too soon after that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, Uh,
1: It's very. There's a lot of things that were just kind of odd and just. I don't know, um, like, the fact that by the time it was over, I didn't even know, the, like, there was no character growth on anyone, like, yeah, like, I can't presume that Frankie has a better relationship with her father, because we don't know that, I can't, like, well, I, I think, I think part of the problem was,
0: you know, like, once act two starts, and we realize that, like, Greta is kind of stalking her a little bit, like, yeah it's so one note after that that like, okay, we get it. She's, she's like a little creepy and she's obsessive, but like, she never really, it doesn't ramp up, uh, in any, like, I I don't know. I feel like it needed to do like to get more extreme as it went. And instead it was just kind of like, yeah, it's just a bunch of shots of her like standing outside where Frankie works, right. and then standing outside where she lives, and then standing outside where she gets on the subway, and then yeah, standing was, outside where she eats dinner, and then just standing legally, <laughs> yeah. legally, terrorizing it's her. It's like, all right, we get it. She's <laughs> she's just like hanging around, and then she's yeah. calling her and leaving a bunch of voicemails and stuff, and it's yeah. like, all right, but like it, it like Isabelle Huppert is great in this, yeah, and like it just the movie needed to let her really go for it and instead it doesn't and her character is just kind of boring and lame until the end i like i do love when they hire the the private investigator to like go find her after she like fully yeah. kidnaps uh, right. frankie and <clears throat> and like locks her in the box you know and there's there's that whole sequence which you kind of alluded to where she's like literally dancing around while she like uh, you know, injects this guy with like, yep. a, uh, I don't know, some kind of paralysis serum. Apparently, I got injected with it right there. Um, <laughs> you know, and then right she like, the Yeah, she ends up shooting him and like she's just dancing around. There's a bunch of close ups of her feet, which are kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but like kind of fit the scene and are fun to watch. But then it, it like very quickly after that, uh, that's yeah. it. And then we're just <laughs> watching her like nurse Frankie while she lets <laughs> her out of the box for two seconds.
1: And you also, the thing that was kind of. I don't know if if it was meant to be disturbing or if it was just supposed to be, like, confusing. Because by the time the movie's over, you're kind of wondering, like, what the point of it is. Like, why is she doing this? Like, because she seems to, like, she captures a girl, locks her in a trunk, and then, like, fucking moves on to the next girl. And it's like, so what are you trying to do? Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Because when Frankie shows up at the beginning, you hear the knocking on the wall, and you mm-hmm. find out later that that's because there was a girl in the in the secret room behind the piano. Yeah, I did kind of like that, though. Yeah. I,
0: I thought that was cool, though, the way that was revealed.
1: Right. Um, Which, But it's strange, because it's like, so she could have just let Frankie go, because she was trying to escape... Mm-hmm. Nothing was happening to her. She could have just moved on to the next girl, which she does anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It's just very odd if it's which like, you know, and the next girl is Frankie's like
0: friend and roommate who right. apparently was riding subways for six months, trying to right. find the handbag that she was leaving. Yeah, and, and, and then she comes in and you know,
1: her it, friend, who was overly cautious, the the girl from new york, the 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 rich, the you know, friend. Mm-hmm. who it, it ends up is totally right about everything mm-hmm. by the end of the movie. Like, I don't even I, I, like I, the whole thing. I'm trying to con- figure out what message they're trying to send. We're like, yeah. Frankie is from out of town. She's I'm from Boston yeah. with a thick Boston accent. <laughs> yeah. and, I am uh, from Boston. <laughs> yeah. I just moved here. I'm from Boston. We, we give old ladies back their purses in Boston. It's like, yeah. okay, what? Why? Is that a thing? Is that a thing that people from Boston give purses back? Well, everyone knows about Boston yeah. people, but the, and then her roommates like, um, oh you shouldn't trust any with a thick New York accent mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> oh you shouldn't you shouldn't <laughs> trust anybody this is New York City you shouldn't yeah, blah 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 and it turns out she's fucking right Yeah. and and Frankie can't defend herself she doesn't like every time she tries to defend herself and escape like she fucks it up mm-hmm. or she's she doesn't seize opportunities that she like blatant opportunities that she has to leave yeah. or or kill Greta or whatever she can't bring herself to kill Greta she can't bring herself to let Greta die mm-hmm. she's just like this complete wuss and I'm like what message did you're trying to send that like you shouldn't be nice and return handbags look like, what the fuck it's so odd i also think that like at, at the point where greta
0: or uh, where frankie gets kidnapped and put in the box like there's kind of nothing left there you know because because the movie doesn't let greta really right uh, like go crazy Um, like that, that whole sequence is really boring to watch. And it's like 20 minutes in the movie where there's this totally like far more interesting thing happening where, uh, Frankie's friend is searching for this handbag and eventually he's going to come rescue her. Like I'd much rather like sort of switch over and have that be the third act where we're, we're sort of watching this girl hunt for the handbag
1: yeah uh and instead or find a way for frankie to save herself like to have her like bratty yeah, asshole yeah. friend save her it's like what <laughs> but
0: it, yeah everything just seems so passive in it and yeah. just kind of like uh, ah, this is boring and then even when she like rescues her it's not even like a big sigh of relief it's just kind of right. like yeah all right I kind like well whatever. thank
1: god that's over oh yeah but not even not even that you know and th- but then uh, i think doesn't at the end of the movie like f- her friend wants to kill greta but frankie tells her not to and then they lock her in the trunk but then they, they do lock around the. And then here. the tease at the end is that Greta wakes up because she was knocked out, and she's like hitting the, the, yeah, the, the, case like, the case to, like, to like Jimmy, the, the their makeshift lock open. So I'm like, all right, Whoa, so the message is that... Which, which also... Oh, go ahead. So the message is, like, so Frankie doesn't want to kill Greta, so now she's just potentially subjecting herself to this all over again because yeah. she's still too nice. Well,
0: and, <laughs> and because the lock that they put on there is... They just insert an Eiffel Tower
1: replica <laughs> right. in there.
0: So, like, obviously, <laughs> if she bangs on the lid enough, it's just going to fall off. It's out. just
1: going to slide out. <laughs> like...
0: Yeah, so dumb. And and what is the point of that too that like oh, the grettas are out there or that there's going to be a sequel to this movie that no <laughs> one gives a fuck about. Right. Uh yeah, it, it also does this really annoying thing that I hate in in movies like specifically thrillers where they like where they kind of cheat the audience because in the beginning when uh they show Greta calling uh Frankie, you know, trying to like arrange a meet up right. or something because she's lonely and like it shows uh it, it shows Greta like from her perspective, where she's like nervous and anxious that Frankie might turn her down, and it's kind of like right. that's so just for the benefit of, of the audience because she's preying on this girl, and yeah. like it doesn't make sense that she would like because she knows that the girl is gonna accept, right? You know, so it's literally just for our benefit to to make it seem like she actually is this lonely person. Like right. I was just I fucking hate when movies do that. It's so obnoxious uh it's just it, it just seems like such a lie to the audience whereas yeah. like i feel like you could you could achieve the same goal by just showing that phone conversation from frankie's perspective right and we just you know we get it from her and sort of understand why why she would accept i i, I don't know yeah I, I hate it and like i i so get
1: i get that they're trying to like almost make it kind of a thriller but also kind of a, in a the vein of a fairy tale but at the same time like do you feel like it was released too late almost. Like, if this movie were released in the 70s when often New York was depicted as, like, dangerous and dirty and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, that it would have more of an impact of being like, yeah, you shouldn't be so fucking nice and trusting in this dangerous city. But now, like, whenever there's a movie in New York, it's not dangerous anymore. It's not presented that way. So I'm not used to, like, she's, like, hanging out in Brooklyn and shit. I'm like, all right, so where's the danger? Like, uh, I don't know. It's just... it, It doesn't make any sense. I feel like it was... It's just way... Way too late for this this kind of movie. Yeah, I mean, this, this did get compared to, like, you know, 70s,
0: 80s thrillers. And, like, yeah. I I guess, like, just the basic outline of the premise, uh, I, I guess I see that. But it's also one of these movies that just, like, mm, it just seems kind of pointless. Like, it really just didn't yeah. need to be made. Uh, mm, I don't know. But at the same time, it was still fun to watch. I guess. Like, it, it wasn't fun enough, though. <laughs> it was just kind of like, it. I, I guess it wasn't a chore to watch, but I wouldn't call it fun. It, it was... I would
1: disagree with that, but that's fine. Hey,
0: but you know what? Did, f- you, did you really think it was fun to watch? Like,
1: were you like making fun of it? Is that why it was fun to watch? Or- no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't bored the entire time. And actually, by the time she's you know <laughs> dancing around her living room, I was like, "All right, this is pretty great." But then, I, I it, that, like you said, it didn't doesn't last long enough. Yeah, I think I think there are a handful of scenes that are fun to
0: watch, and the rest of it is just sort of like, right, pff, it's fine yeah you know it's it's mercifully short right uh you know it's like 95 minutes i, or something. I did
1: appreciate yeah that and that might be part of the why it, or or as a result of it being so short is that like what after she's kidnapped again for an undetermined amount of time they don't really linger on like her friend and her father like where is she you know that kind of like hunting thing like they kind of Figure out that she's missing pretty quickly, and I'm like, "Good." Any other movie, they would have been like, "I thought she was wait, uh, you know, like trying to figure out. Well, oh, maybe she went to work. Maybe she's, you know, it would have fucking danced around too much, <laughs>
0: like Greta while she's killing people." Yeah. Uh, so exactly. basically, you 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 just said you are glad it didn't do the thing that I wished it had done.
1: <laughs> it's just the third act. We focus on the girl searching for. Her. Uh, oh, no, I like that part, but I'm just saying, like, when she, when I was watching her play the best friend and the father at the same time, because she's texting them both from, oh, yeah. from Frankie's phone, saying, like, I'm with her, I'm with him, like, telling them both the opposite story. Gotcha. That I thought that that it was going to be... I'm, I was sitting there thinking, like, oh, so it's going to be forever until they get together and figure out that they were both fucking lied to. But it happened, like, the next scene. I'm like, all right, good. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm like, so we're actually, you know, we're, we're quickening the pace here. So I, I was afraid that it was going to just drag it, but... I would have enjoyed, the, like you said, the investigation kind of portion of it, because the father just kind of goes and hires the detective. And mm-hmm. then when the detective dies, that's it. Like, yeah. the, the father doesn't even fucking show up for the rest of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> He's just like, well, I tried. Yeah, it's fine. I didn't She's like it not, much not back anyway. yet, so I guess I'm going to go home. <laughs> I did my one earnest effort. You try now, girl. What, whatever your name was. yeah Yeah, so and then you know eventually she found her but i don't know whatever it's kind of but at the same time you know it's you're watching it and you're going like this is a this is a post 9-11 movie you find an unaccompanied bag on a subway who's really going to grab it and take it to the owner Mm -hmm. that's when you notify the mta employee and you say hey i found i found a suspicious package on the subway yeah take care of this movie over (laughs) frankie go to work yeah do you think she was fired she's probably fired right why would she be fired? Because she didn't show up to work for like a month. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, her probably... boss is already a dick. Yeah, I'm being I'm being terrorized by this old woman. Ah, fuck you. Your shift's not over yet. Weed on her.
2: Yeah.
1: Ah, uh, whatever. So you sort of enjoyed it, but not really.
0: Uh, I you know what? I thought it was like a two and a half star out of four. It was just like, it was fine. I never need to see it again. I yeah. can't believe I remembered this much of it, <laughs> and uh, I'll never watch it again.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's worth watching for the for the great accent work. You know, the dialect is nice. Um, <laughs> so you've been doing your Boston accent the whole time, right? I've been doing... Because <laughs> I've my, been doing my New York one. My perfect Chloe Grace Moretz Boston accent. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think you seem to kind of be in line with like what i've seen online it's like a middle of the road type. in line with online yeah in line with online So everyone says about me yeah so that's it but and it's got oh i can't forget to mention uh dead dog
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so because it's an obsession movie so you got to have the cops that don't believe you a dead animal usually Mm -hmm. um knives syringes i guess in this case they're one gun (laughs) so Although a lot of them, also the ones that we're reviewing today, usually included some sort of body of water, or a, or like a shower or a pool. Did you notice that?
0: I mean, I feel like most movies have some water in them. That, that was no, that's I mean, like so vague. You know, there's the one movie where the guy takes a glass of water and has a couple of sips out of it. Water, no, common no, theme. They're, they're
1: they're swimming in pools or they're taking showers <laughs> or they're like because you know they got to be all erotic with it. But not this one. I don't think there was any showers in this one. So. <laughs> it did rain in that one scene. Some people oh, call that it showers. Did. God damn, that's a body of No, it's not a body of water. <laughs> that is water, but. Dead dog. Yeah. Alright, so Greta. That was fun. hmm So Brad, you did not like this fan.
0: <laughs> I am not a fan of the fan.
1: That's that pains me. The fan. Um where are we where did that come out that was one of our 1996 movies mm-hmm. yeah so brad what's a quick synopsis of the fan there or would you like me to do it
0: uh if you want to do it you can all right i'll probably dismiss it if i do it so
1: we robert Jr. <laughs> plays some dumb guy like some dumb team Gil renard <laughs> Hold on. let me pull it up so we can get i can get the character names right because it's important to me is that gill is that my buddy gill yeah, so, yeah, De Niro plays
0: Gil Renard, super fan of the San Francisco Giants in the year where they sign hotshot player Is MVP. Is the baseball Giants, Brad? Yes, yeah. the San Francisco ones. I didn't say the New York Giants. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, yeah, so he's a fan of the Giants. They sign Wesley Snipes, who plays Bobby Rayburn, to a $40 million contract. Bobby! <laughs> And uh, he. Whoa! Face the fucking ball. <laughs> These are all quotes from the movie that appear 900 times. Every time I peek the microphone,
1: it's, it's a quote from this movie.
0: Yeah. So the Giants sign uh, Bobby Rayburn to a forty million dollar contract, which would never happen. A one year contract for forty million dollars. Are all your
1: hmm. problems with this movie baseball based? You know, it's funny they actually got some
0: of the baseball very right and some of it very wrong. But uh, anyway, uh yeah, so Gil thinks they're they're World Series bound and then Bobby Rayburn goes on a huge slump because he loses his necklace in a collision in the outfield.
1: I believe he calls Bobby Rayburn and the Giants a magical conjunct contraction. What does he call him? <laughs> a magical contraction. Conjunction. Conjunction. Yeah, so anyway
0: <laughs> back to the movie.
2: Is that my old buddy Brad over
0: there? Uh <laughs> Yeah, so Bobby Rayburn goes on a big slump. Uh, The Giants are in a skid, and Gil is really mad about it, and he starts to get obsessive. He's stalking Bobby Rayburn and the rest of the team, and uh, he goes kind of nuts, and he's a dickhead to his son and his ex-wife.
1: He's not a good dad, huh? No. (laughs) No, he's not. No, he's not.
0: Uh, So... Uh, I asked you this with Greta. I'll ask you the, the fan. Uh, what did you like about this? <laughs> this movie's fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> what don't you like about this? Uh, I, I will say that, like, come on, it's like De Niro overacting for most of it, but still, like, I, I couldn't stop watching him. Every everything that he did. I,
0: I mean, it, it's definitely. I, I would say, you know, pre pre two thousand De Niro when he just stopped caring at all. uh... <laughs> This I, I have to like this has to be in like his top five this is w- like, worst performances. This
1: no come on this is like the this is like Taxi Driver's like bastard cousin <laughs> where it's like because like in Taxi Driver like he wants to kill a politician but he fucks it up so he's like all right I'll just kill a fucking pimp instead <laughs> and in this one he's like all right so I'm gonna I'm gonna be a good uh, good fan and I'm gonna support my team and he's like well that's not gonna work I'm gonna go kill this ball player instead. But he's not even a good fan.
0: Yeah, he's a terrible fan.
1: He's a terrible fan he gets fired from his job which is also a theme in all these movies somebody <laughs> loses a job or somebody like, but yeah he's not a good you didn't even like the scene where he he leaves his kid at the ballpark and then he goes to the house afterwards and finds the kid and then uh he brings him pizza but he ordered it with mushrooms and the kid's like i don't even like mushrooms he goes like, you can just pick them off <laughs> Just like that little like nuance of like he's a fucking terrible father because he ordered pizza with mushrooms for his son.
0: He's such a bad dad. Like I don't know, I don't know what we're supposed to think of this character. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if we're ever supposed to sympathize with him because it feels like for, for a while we are. They kind of set up like they like all of the sort of building blocks of it are of a sympathetic character where like he's stuck in a dead end job right. and he's. He's rooting for a team that sucks, and they finally have, like, some glimmer of hope that's, like, the only thing in his life. And, like, I guess he's trying to be a good dad, but he is so bad.
1: Yeah. Uh, He's... It, uh, yeah it's how do you even explain and, and it there's like, the implication
0: he's, that he's never been even close to a good dad right. so and, and and it's we we see that it's, so it's like
1: in his head he's an awesome dad and he doesn't understand why nobody else sees it yeah like, but he's really not but we see it so early like it's one thing like it'd be one thing if we like
0: if he seemed like a good dad for like the first I don't know, 30 minutes of the movie or something. He takes right. him to the ball game and he actually stays for the whole thing and not <laughs> not l- literally leave the
1: stadium to, <laughs> to
0: go try to sell yeah. some knives to come, a guy. Come on,
1: you, didn't, you didn't love when he <laughs> almost left the stadium like four times because like he, a play kept coming or somebody hit the ball well, no, and Bob, he'd go back to his seat. <laughs> he was going to stay because Bobby Rayburn was
0: coming up. Right. And, and somehow that at-bat took 15 to 20 minutes. <laughs>
1: Even though it was only, like, five pitches? And the old lady in the row behind him just eyeballing him the whole time. <laughs> with her Stanford hat. Knew that was going to come back. Uh, the, and the kid is just, like, staring, like, bewildered at his father, going, like, Why are you swearing right now? And he's like, Play well,
0: some fucking ball! Play some fucking ball!
1: <laughs> come on, Bobby! All Let's right. go! Yeah. <laughs> and he almost gets into a fight with two people in the, the stands. and uh, Don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, so...
0: I would say it's a pretty, it's a bad movie. Like it's not surprising <laughs> me that it only made what? What is it? Eleven million dollars? Yeah, eighteen million. Eighteen million. I'm sorry. Yeah, domestic. Opened at number four after Tin Cup Jack and A Time to Kill. <laughs> How about
1: that? So there you go. Four classics coming out right at the same time.
0: <laughs> no, it is funny, though, because I, I actually, one of the things that I did notice that I actually appreciated, baseball-wise, was that they actually got, like, the schedule right. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because they start against the
1: Rockies on opening day, which is a divisional opponent. Even though, in this case, opening day was on a Friday, and I believe it's usually on the weekend? Actually, this year it's on a Thursday. Oh, shit! But I thought it was usually, like, Saturday
0: or Sunday. Usually it's a Sunday, like, where, like, there's, like, two games, and then Monday
1: is official uh, opening day, where every team plays... Cool. But, uh, I don't know, maybe in 96 is a little different. You know what I probably care less than, uh, care about less than your hatred of the fan (laughs) is your knowledge of baseball. Uh,
0: One of the other things I got wrong was the crack of the bat. Sounds terrible. (laughs)
2: Sounds
1: so bad. Uh, I don't remember the crack of the bat because Bobby Rayburn doesn't get any hits. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they play a lot of
0: hits from the Rolling Stone. How <laughs> yeah, about that transition? Uh, yeah, what the fuck was with all the Rolling Stones? Were they slumping I think it was. This time? Oh, yeah, to, I don't had know. Had to sell
1: nine songs to the when, fan? When the movie starts with Sympathy for the Devil, you know that you're in for some good shit. A little on the nose, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> bitch.
0: <laughs> uh, maybe we should explain the bitch comments sure. that are going to be thrown I'm in for the, the rest day. of the episode. Yes, Ellen Barkin.
2: Who, who yeah. does she play?
0: She plays, uh, uh, like, a radio show host who is apparently, like, this deep-dive journalist into the San Francisco Giants and wants to, like, shit on them at every opportunity. And, of course, Gil doesn't like that. He's a super fan. He's got a giant's watch on his wrist. That's right. Uh, and so, yeah. A giant yeah.
1: bobblehead on his uh, uh,
0: yeah. dashboard. So, in the beginning, he's calling into this radio <laughs> show so he can talk to Bobby
1: Rayburn. Yeah. And uh, and all she wants to do is talk trash about Bobby and ask him the hard hitting questions. Yeah, and Gil doesn't like that, so he he whisper he whisper shouts at his radio because yeah. he's on the air with them, so he yeah. doesn't want him to hear him. You bitch! So yeah, uh, and he leans forward into his car stereo to <laughs> really the, show her who's boss. He's headbutting her through the <laughs> airwaves. Uh yeah, I mean definitely my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, see, come on, it's great. It's a great movie. <laughs> you don't like when. I love like all the little like crazy shit that he does. Like when he goes, um, when uh, Benicio del Toro plays um, Primo <laughs> Juan Primo, um, who's the who ends up being um, kind of the the breakout star of the team, even though uh, Wesley, even though he's been the star of the right. team for five years. Even though Wesley Snipes' character is supposed to be the quote unquote star of the team, but he enters a slump, so Juan Primo becomes the star. And Wesley Snipes becomes obsessed with getting his original number back from the Braves or wherever he was before. I can't remember. Yeah, Uh, It was number 11 and that's Juan Primo's number. So it becomes like a whole thing where he's blaming him not having 11 and the fact that he's in a slump right now, even though it's not how that works. But I'm- I mean, well, there's a thing like
0: baseball players do have there are like superstitions, oh, yeah. you know, so, like lucky I, underwear
1: I, type of shit. Right? Yeah,
0: lucky underwear. And then there's also just like the routines they have when they go to the plate, like Bobby, right. you know, like some of them like un Velcro their batting gloves three right. times or something like that, you know, or like hit the plate with the bat five times or whatever. Because it's a mental thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like a routine that they have. And Bobby's is that he touches this number 11 necklace that he has that he loses in a collision with Juan Primo. That's right. Hey, foreshadowing. How about that? Because they literally butt heads in the movie.
1: They're Uh, on a collision course. Yeah, but... uh, So anyway, Gil thinks that he's doing Bobby a salad (laughs) because he thinks... He can can either convince Juan Primo to give up his number 11 number and give it to Bobby, or he's just going to fucking kill him. Which he does. (laughs) Which he does. Stabs him in a sauna. Yeah, which I love because he goes in there in a full suit. (laughs) Juan Primo's, you know, normally in a towel, like normal people do in a sauna. And and Gil goes in in a fucking suit and he's talking to him with his hair all matted down from sweat. It's great. Come on. Well, the
0: thing that I love about this too is like uh, you know, movies movies tend to like magnify insignificant shit that doesn't that like literally doesn't matter. So like there's right. there's literally uh like a couple minutes of the movie where like Bobby Rayburn comes up after the death of Juan Primo and the fans are booing because they think that he killed <laughs> Primo <laughs> over the number eleven. And it's like, yeah. n- it doesn't matter that much. <laughs> right. Like there's there's a little bit of a mental thing in, in baseball, but like he wouldn't literally kill his star teammate right. over the number. And it's just it's one of those things that like if you don't know anything then it's like, Oh yeah, maybe you can yeah. do that. But like, no. <laughs> doesn't make any fucking sense. That's just like such a Hollywood construction.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you kind of I I don't know, I felt bad for for Bobby like the whole time because he was um he was, you know, kind of, uh, he was a hot shot, kind of, kind of had that douchey side to him. But he was also, like, a really nice guy. He was visiting kids in hospitals and shit and, you know, doing all... Against his will. Well, He be- fucking bitches about it. When he found out the kid was... Bitch! <laughs> well, when he found out the kid was terminal, <laughs> he
0: kind of fucking bummed him out. Well, because his son's name is Sean and the dying kid's name was Sean. Right, yeah. So it made him think of his son. So he was like, I don't want to... made him. no sense. Yeah
1: uh yeah it was very odd Wesley Snipes at the same time kind of I mean aside from being kind of the hotshot persona which he's done in other movies he doesn't there's no there's no karate he doesn't he doesn't fight anybody which is kind of interesting that he's just kind of does this full on dramatic role in a way he he doesn't there's no he doesn't get involved really yeah he really doesn't do anything like I
0: I, there's actually does he do anything in the movie (laughs) He figures out that Gil's a fucking whack job. Well, I mean, too late. Yeah. (laughs) He's already at your house. (laughs) (laughs) Pitching to you in your uniform that he stole. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. It's a pretty bizarre movie. And it's a weird one for Tony Scott, too. Like, I I don't know. I, I actually, I'm kind of a Tony Scott fan, especially like 90s Tony Scott. Yeah. Uh, and this just kind of doesn't have anything going for it. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, I guess it, it's a fun, like, I didn't have a bad time watching it. Uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty awful movie. God damn right you did have it, a good time watching it.
1: <laughs> it has me going for it because I go for it every time it's on. <laughs> hey,
0: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you have that Giants watch on your wrist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I thought it was fun to watch, but it, it's completely nonsensical and just, uh,
1: I don't know. I... Well, because at the end he try he kidnaps Bobby's son so that he'll, I, guess, so that in Gill's twisted mind he'll rediscover his love for the game or whatever because he, he Bobby was talking shit about the fans or whatever he doesn't do it for the fans or whatever he said and that pissed Gill off so he kidnapped his son. Well, yeah, because he says he you know when
0: they're after he saves his son from drowning. Yeah. Randomly. Uh, yeah, these like pitching to him With and talking the... and like, hey, yeah, you, I saw you broke out of that slump. How'd you do that? Because he wants credit for it because right. he killed Juan Primo. <laughs> so dumb.
1: He wants, uh, he wants Bobby to say thank you for killing Juan Primo. Yeah. Sir. And instead,
0: Bobby says, uh, yeah, I just stopped caring. Like, And then, you know, I got out of my head. And instead of being like a good fan and just saying like, well, I'm glad you figured it out. He's upset that he doesn't right. care about the game. And and then he just completely goes crazy. Yeah, you know, which is what Greta needed. Needed that and needed right. the totally off the deep end kind of spiral.
1: But, but at the same time, like he never goes. Um, I guess persona-wise, he never goes f- totally like off the rails, like he's screaming and like making a big scene. I, of I it. guess, well, yeah, he's still very kind of subdued. Like he, like he's just not there
0: anymore. I guess because he kind of starts that way, and I, I, yeah. you know, that was sort of the point that we were making is that like there's never any point where we think this is actually a good guy. Like he, he's, he's really he starts crazy, yeah, yeah. and it's kind of a one note performance, which isn't great.
1: It's just kind of which is kind of why I say it's the bastard. Step brother oh, of, of taxi is. driver because Travis Bickle is not there for the whole movie. Yeah. He's like a fish out of water in every scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, and this Which is a weird uh,
1: phrase to use, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is you know it, it's all it also bothered me too because he's just he, he's a he's a terrible fan. Like it yeah. just doesn't
1: it doesn't make sense that he would kill. Juan Primo. I, like, I hated know, that. I want to know how he could afford to go to all those games after he lost his job selling Honestly. knives. Honestly, <laughs> and he hasn't been selling any knives for no. a long time. I do love in, the, in in one of the
0: that that montage where he's trying to like go around and and demo the knives. and yeah. he's like cutting off all his hair. Yeah, uh, to to demonstrate how sharp <laughs> the knives shaving are. Shaving
1: all the hair off his legs.
0: Uh, but no, there's there's the one where he's trying to sell the guy, and he's like, now nah, we made a deal with whatever Branson. Yeah. we were exclusive dealers of that. And <laughs> then he's like. Well, uh, what, what, what could I get anything else for you? He's like, got Do you have any kayaks?
2: kayaks? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I any fucking kayaks. He just totally turns on him. <laughs> You're fucking out. Come at me with kayaks. I don't have fucking kayaks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's the fan. And then he holds up the little knife and he asks him if he has one of the what did he call it? The I little don't know. little little buster or whatever. And he does. <laughs> and he does. He's got this little one-inch knife. <laughs> uh, yeah, the fan's awesome. <sighs> Says you. <laughs> uh, what I found, what I liked about it, in contrast to probably almost every other movie we watched, is that he, at no point is he like like he wants to kill the object of his obsession. Like he doesn't really. He does the the stupid knife pitch thing at the end, but you don't even really know if he's deliberately trying to kill Bobby Rayburn. You, well,
0: he tells me he's going to kill him if he doesn't hit a home run.
1: Well, he tells him he's going to kill his son if he doesn't hit a home run. I thought. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that any better? Because he's just, not going to kill he Bobby. Just, he's going to kill his fucking nine year old well, no, son.
1: That's what I'm saying. But it's, it's, uh, there's, there's, uh, you know, other people that die in all these movies. But the object of the affection is usually like, I'm going to kill you by the end of this. You know, it's like, it happens in Fatal Attraction. It happens in, you know, almost everything.
0: You know, that's another thing that I didn't like about this movie, Baseball Law, is, is that in the end, when. <laughs> He, he's going to kill Bobby's son if Bobby doesn't hit the home run. He's dressed and, as an umpire? And you're like, where did yeah. he get that costume oh, from? <laughs> God, he became the home plate umpire. Give me a break. Uh, <laughs> How the
2: fuck did that happen?
0: No, but uh, it, one, of the, like, one of the impediments to him hitting a home run is it starts raining. And it's fucking pouring. <laughs> right. The field is like flooded. They would have called that game like yeah. hours ago. It never would have even taken place.
1: Yeah. and bobby's like go uh, on play the game I can, my son's gonna die play the fucking game <laughs> you're killing me <laughs> yeah it was good and john like was in it for some reason yeah he, like yeah he has a pair of glasses on i guess yeah. you know he's acting. got a couple scenes and uh do you want to talk about the song beats the rolling Stones soundtrack or? no the uh the random every time tony scott throws a nine inch nails chorus in there or something <laughs> He keeps playing snippets from closer throughout the movie. Not sure why. Just no. like it's it's just him unhinging, I guess, is supposed to be the, the reasoning. But yeah. I'm sorry you didn't like the fan, Brad. I don't know what to tell you. I guess you take it up the A
0: <laughs> Like Jason Pellegrini's dad. Yeah. That's a that's another yeah. just amazing, terrible, like mid nineties line of yeah, another Rolling Stone song Jason playing. Jason
1: Pellegrino says Mick Jagger's gay. Yo, well, Jason Pellegrino's dad takes it up the ass. So bad. <laughs> what does that even mean? And his son's just looking at him like, uh, what? Are you talking why do, about
0: my is, friend like why that? Why
1: does Jason <laughs> got to get hurt? Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, it's great. <laughs> do you want to, should we move on to the next one? We're gonna to agree to disagree on that, aren't we?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so fatal attraction another one of your choices. yeah,
1: why'd you choose this one? Well, I remember when I saw it when I was five, and I really liked it, and uh no, I don't um no, I chose it mostly because it was um you know it's it's kind of the standard bearer, I guess, in a way. Whenever there's like an obsession movie made nowadays, people are like, "Oh, it's like Fatal Attraction, but this," or "It's like Fatal Attraction, but not as good," or "You know, it's it's always like the go-to." So. I can't
0: imagine that's true. Fatal Attraction, but not as good. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: you, didn't like it. <laughs> do you think there's a Fatal Attraction that's better? <laughs> uh, it would almost have to be.
0: Is fatal ah. Attraction, good.
1: I like Fatal Attraction. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked it better with the original ending, to be honest with you. But yeah, yeah. Or were you are you in the kill the bitch uh, camp? No, but explain that. <laughs> we're saying bitch a lot in this episode. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> that was okay. So Fatal bitch. Attraction. It's I guess a fairly simple plot to explain. It's Very a uh, a corporate attorney who ends up, uh, alone? his his, uh, wife and child go out of town to visit their Mm in-laws, and uh, he ends up having an affair with uh, Glenn Close's character, Alex Forrest. Correct. And basically, shit goes south after that. She ends up being pretty mentally disturbed, and she ends up (laughs) boiling their rabbit and then trying to kill them. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty much... That's that's the, the, the basic idea behind it. Yeah. I had a lot of problems with this movie. Brad, let's go down the list. Number one. Go. Uh,
0: I thought it was completely miscast. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: You thought... Who Who would you uh, have put in these roles, Brad?
0: I don't know who I would put in them, but not... Oh, well! <laughs> not Michael Douglas and not Glenn Close. Uh, so Michael Douglas, yeah, like he's supposed to play this happily married man who kind of just gets caught up in this. But like... He essentially brings this on himself. I mean, he yeah. fucks another woman multiple times. Like, I, And I also love that their, their sort of the second date, their day after date, is yeah. uh,
1: taking his family dog to the park yeah. and just, like, running around. That's, that's what I was like for the first two-thirds of the movie. You can sit there going, like, you brought this on yourself, dude.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, like, there's never a point where, like, I actually feel that he... I mean, not that he deserves to be, like, you know, stalked and tortured or whatever. Right. But, like... It's just like, yeah. I mean, if you impregnated a woman, then uh, guess what? You kind of do yeah. have to deal with that. that yeah. That's sort of on you, pal. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and Glenn Close, like, maybe it's not palatable for, like, a couple of dudes to talk about women's looks these days. <laughs> but I'm sorry. In a movie called Fatal Attraction, she's, she's not, like, the super seductive babe. Well, she I mean. she looks like a goblin in the, the opening scene. And like they they treat it like she's what a babe, and like the whole time I was just thinking like get uh, out of here. There's no way he would cheat on his wife with this woman. Like uh, I, I just I, I couldn't I didn't buy it, and uh, I, I I don't know like I, I I never I never felt for any of these characters.
1: And uh, well, I think part of it was because of what I don't know the the movie almost plays it like it's not that she's like a knockout it's almost like he has this chance to do something that's that's like naughty and she's willing and she's kind of like making him think that it's okay to do and then he ends up going through with it like oh i didn't he's, get that i i think right from
0: the start she's she's like pegged as a babe because at that at the sort oh, really? of party where she's introduced Or, you know, where he first sees her, his friend who's standing next to her, like, or next to him, is, like, staring at her like a gog. Oh, yeah. uh, But look
2: at him. (laughs) Well, yeah.
0: Yeah, but then, like, uh, you know, Michael Douglas, like, goes up to the bar and, like, sees her, like, and has that little exchange
1: with her, which kind of, like, starts everything off. I guess it doesn't help that the first shot of her is her supposed to be looking like... Like a uh, two guys, like there are a couple of assholes. Again, she looks, Which like, is like God, not, I'm sorry, she looks like yeah. a goblin. It's like, not a good start. <laughs>
0: like, you know, it, it, I'm not saying she's like hideous or anything like this, but or would it have been like cliche if she was like the bombshell across the room? Like, I think, you know, I think, if it were made today, she would, it, it would be like a ridiculously attractive woman. Yeah. Whereas, like, I, I mean, I just, I feel like it has to be, I, I feel like it has to be somewhere in the middle. Of these two, because like, in the middle. I, I don't know, like I could not buy it the whole time I was watching. It, it was just like, no, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't
1: keep like, talking. We're going to get canceled in episode two. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be hashtag. Brad's trying to say is he doesn't think Glenn Close is hot. <laughs> no,
0: but like that. But that's the whole point of the movie is it's called Fatal Attraction. Like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I couldn't buy her as an attractive woman. I like I just I, I don't know. The, the movie kind of falls apart. From that first scene? Yes. Yes. Does it not? Uh, I don't know. I didn't really think it fell apart. I was kind of like... <laughs> you were in? You were like, yeah, I'd, I'd fuck this woman. I'd cheat on my wife with this woman because it's raining outside. And I have nothing better
1: to do. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to think that, was I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I spent half the movie going, you brought this on yourself, dude. No, I did like... Taking, stepping out of that, I liked the... No how- comment on that? No, I'm not commenting on the fact that <laughs> you don't think Glenn Close is hot.
0: I'm sorry, 40 year old Glenn Close, just not not worth yeah. leaving your wife for. Was
1: she 40 when she read this one Yes, yeah, she was. She looked pretty good for 40.
0: She looked mm-hmm. every bit of 58, but oh. <laughs> she looked like a goblin in the opening scene. We'll tweet out a picture.
1: <laughs> We're not gonna tweet out a picture. <laughs> we are because you have to justify
0: why I'm saying this several
1: times. <laughs> I like that you started this with like, this might not be uh, good for a couple of dudes. I'm like, a couple of dudes? Hold on, time out. You're the one fucking talking about this. Uno dude. (laughs) Un dude. I don't even know where the fuck to go from there. That bitch. (laughs) Bitch. Uh, That's
0: not palatable either.
1: Anyway... What's it say on your notes? Glenn Close is the best. Yeah. Glenn Close is so attractive. attractive. No, I was going by, you know, the story and the plot. (laughs) Where I was like, oh, isn't it interesting that like... Well, because one of the complaints was that um, they... uh, At the time, it was very controversial when it came out because a lot of people were complaining that it's like anti-this and anti-that. And he's like, uh, you know, a user and abuser. And it's like, well, I mean... I, that's kind of one of the things that i liked about it is that they didn't make it like he's this casanova lothario like womanizer he was like apprehensive about it at first until she kind of like made it seem like it's okay and he's and he's like oh i've got this opportunity to do something no one will ever find out and he started get like kind of excited and nervous about it
0: but like you know
1: she made it seem like it was okay like
0: he still has to know that it's not Right. Right. Exactly. Like, and but, we know that as the audience,
1: which is what what I like, because it's not it's not that black and white, because she knows that he's married already. He knows he shouldn't do it. She kind of knows she shouldn't do it. But she's also a single woman in well, the she city. Doesn't she she doesn't give th- a shit. She has exactly. nothing to lose. She has nothing to lose. Right.
0: Well, I, so this is but this is the so thing. he's
1: putting the ball on her court to say we should do this. But she's putting the ball on his court to say we shouldn't do this. Yeah, but but so, so I, I guess the thing with that yeah. is like there needed to be there needed to be more of a buildup of their
0: actual like chemistry and their interaction because yeah. it's really just like the same, I do agree with that this or or again or she needs to be like Natalie Portman like
1: like She's still hung up on that yes I guess. <laughs> yes I'm no. sorry no I do like that because when they go. Um, when they have their stupid little like meet cute thing where they not even a meet cute because they'd already met, but when they go when his they're in the rain and his umbrella won't open and they end up going to lunch or whatever. Yeah,
0: I love how it, instead he just stands in the rain instead of taking two steps backward <laughs> under the fucking
2: hood of
1: like whatever the giant the, the cover arch of the building yes. or whatever. Yeah, um, anyway, no, because um, she mentions while they're at lunch that like they had an undeniable attraction at the party and I was like, mm, no, did you, didn't. you not really? And you still have no chemistry, right? Like,
0: I guess that's the thing. Is like, and I
1: liked that he wasn't like this unhappily married man. Like, he didn't hate his wife; he loved his family. Again, this is this is all playing into what I'm saying. Yeah, like,
0: so you agree with me? <laughs> you just a couple of dudes talking yeah. about Glenn Close's attractiveness.
1: She's definitely a six. She's You're just not like a dime, dude. his wife was hotter than Glenn Close. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> I mean, she was.
0: But anyway, uh. No, like that's the thing. Is like it needed. It needed like another scene of them actually hitting it off, right? Because like it, it, the scene where they go to lunch, which is basically the first time that they really talk. It, it like she introduces them, fucking like two minutes into the conversation. Yeah. Like they they take a sip of the drink and it's like, oh, are you discreet? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and uh, then she's huh. like, I'm discreet too. Yeah. And then it's huh. like, spoiler wink, alert:
1: wink. she's not discreet. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that is the, like, at least to me, that's the quote-unquote attraction is that's the, like... He's fucking like I'm gonna fuck crazy here. Like she's definitely like she's dangerous. She comes off as dangerous. See, I don't, I
0: don't think so. I don't think she comes off
1: as dangerous. I think she just comes off as like a woman who wants to fuck. Well, she's yeah, sort fine. of approaching him with like you want to have an affair with me, and he yeah, sees like, that's that that's not, not crazy. As, no, but it's it, well, not crazy. But Especially it's, not for like lawyers. Dangerous. Not for you know, well, like yeah. I, I could see like well for him because he's very he's like kind of nervous during that scene. Like he's like swallowing hard when she says certain things, and he's like, oh, at least you're you're really honest. You're really. And he like at the end of that scene, he when she swallows hard in the elevator, am am I right? (laughs) (laughs) She blows him (laughs) (laughs) with his his penis. (laughs) And then at the end of that, that scene, that lunch, he kind of like whispers, like, let's get the check. Like he he doesn't know how to make words. He's like so like excited, like, I'm going to do this like this is fucking great. Like, yeah. Again, like I, I feel like if I feel like it needed a
0: little bit more build up to that scene. Because, yeah, or, or I would agree. Well, I so I think the build up to that or the sort of justification is that uh, at the party where they sort of meet at the beginning of the movie, which is like the it's like the second scene, right? Uh, they come home and like he and his wife are all dressed up And uh, he's like They're like about to get undressed and have sex And his wife's like aren't you forgetting something You gotta take the dog out Which is out. your
1: favorite part because she's way hotter than gun gloves Yeah I was
0: like oh you see them tits uh, I didn't say that
1: <laughs> Anyway I believe you did In fact I think I have that written down that you wanted to call the show that You wanted this podcast To be called <laughs> Let's see the tits
0: uh, no, but she says, you know, you gotta take the dog out, and so he does, and then when he comes back, their their daughter, their, like, six-year-old daughter is in the bed, so he can't get laid, and, <laughs> and so, like, I, like, I feel like... But it's just,
1: that's just, like, one thing, it's not well, like Well, that, yeah. that's what I
0: mean, I feel like if there was, if there was at least, like, some impression that this is, like, a common thing, like, if he had just said, like, oh, not again, like, we get the, we get the impression right. that, like, he that this happens all the time and he hasn't had sex in a long time. And so now like this Glenn Close woman who's like maybe a five, you know,
2: I'm just kidding.
1: She's a four. Uh, Uh, (laughs) And by the way, pitch perfect New York accent. (laughs) She ain't no dying,
0: you know, (laughs) a couple of two or three pies. Uh, no, no, so, like, I I just feel like if we had gotten the impression that, like, he, like, he and his wife hadn't had sex in a really long time, and so then this opportunity presents itself, all right, like, I can buy it, but, like, as is, like, I just, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't get why he did
1: it, and then, and then we're supposed to, he just wanted to be a naughty boy,
0: (laughs) but then, like, we're supposed to, like, feel for him when, Uh, You know, when when things are starting to go to hell and she's pouring acid on his fucking car and
1: boiling his rabbit. And by the way, hold on, going back to like, because one of the things that like the writer and I think the director have talked about with this movie, I think Glenn Close might have even talked about it, is that she's supposed to be sort of, well, originally she was supposed to be sort of sympathetic character. Like, there's clearly something wrong with her. She needs help. She's not a psychopath. She's just... She, I, I think the way that I always saw it phrased like when I was looking at articles and stuff on it was that she was a single woman who just moved to a big city with a uh, demanding career, and she's like, she can't cope with everything. And I'm like, okay, that's great, but... None of that is presented. We see her at her job once.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and it's the third scene in the movie. And, and for the and rest she's... of the movie, we're just, I guess, assume that she's just lost her job. And, <laughs> and that scene at her job, she's flirting with Michael Douglas. Right because um, he gets cream cheese on his nose and yeah. she
0: like, I, you know I actually did like that little yeah. that little moment where like they have that right exchange that silent exchange where she lets him know and he thanks her I was, like that uh, yeah that, that was like one of the only things I really liked you don't want to recast that episode uh, that scene no but you know it's funny <laughs> like I was reading the trivia for this and uh, Glenn Close like they originally didn't want her her agent didn't want her to even read for, this, for, for the role neither did you they, <laughs> I wish she hadn't uh <laughs> uh yeah and also uh uh brian de palma was gonna do this movie uh, oh that would have been great and he the reason that he uh wasn't allowed to was that he <laughs> wasn't allowed to yeah yeah the producers wanted michael douglas he did not oh want michael douglas and that was why they they fired him or who just do you want dude, michael kane <laughs> uh anyone else <laughs> you know like the thing is michael douglas uh, like he he is just like a classic asshole in movies. Like, yeah. he plays such a great bastard.
1: He's just kind of a yuppie douche in this one.
0: Yeah, and so it's just not sympathetic. Like, we need to sympathize with this character and and sort of feel for him and, and root for him, and I can't. Because not only did he do something shitty that caused all this, uh, yeah. he's just not a sympathetic guy. Like, I don't know. I kind of like that he wasn't sympathetic. Uh, I, well, he either, he either needs to be sympathetic. Like, I feel like the story needs him to be, to be sympathetic, but like... Uh, he just—he either really needs to be, or he needs to be kind of an ass. He needs to be more yeah. of an asshole. In the
1: well, way. and I think that's why they—they they turned up her craziness at the end. Like I think once. Oh, by the way, Act Three just goes crazy.
0: Yeah, once, and not in, not in a not in a
1: good way. Not in a very fun way. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> once she kills the rabbit, it's pretty much. Once she boils the bunny, then at, I think at that point, then it's like Michael Douglas is the hero. She needs to be stopped. Yeah. Which is what, which is where the audience member saying "kill the bitch" comes from. Because, so that's the thing,
0: yeah. So yeah. you, yeah, I, we I never, we never got there because that. you're
1: like Glenn Cozles, fucking looks like my foot.
0: <laughs> no, my foot is pretty attractive, actually. God, ew.
1: <laughs> Your foot is the wife. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh. uh, no. You know what part I did like? While we <laughs> while you're not saying anything. When he confesses to um, what the hell is his friend's name? Albert. Jeff. Um, yeah, Jeff. Steve. When he, confe- Mark when he confesses to Steve, Jeff, what's going on in there in like this library or whatever? You remember that scene? No. No. And he's telling him like everything that happened. Oh him. yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. like, he I called her doctor, and because uh, by the way, she turns out to be pregnant. Did we mention that already? No. Okay. So it turns out that she's pregnant, which sort of plays in to the plot, but we don't really know if she's pregnant or not. So See? that's.
0: That that's sort of the thing. Well, finish your thought and then well, we'll talk about that.
1: I love that he he's talking to his friend about it and he's like, "Yeah, I called the doctor and the doctor's like, "Oh, congratulations, you're going to be, you know, you know, you're going to be a dad or whatever." And then uh, and then his friend's like, "Oh, geez, And he goes, "Oh, that's not even that's not all of it." And he's like, "And also, he's like, "I uh, I broke into our apartment." <laughs> and his friend's like, "Oh my god." And he's like, "Yeah, I was looking around for something." <laughs> and Michael Douglas goes, "Yeah." <laughs> and I didn't find anything. <laughs> And I'm like, you just confessed to breaking and entering and then said you didn't find anything? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, well, so, yeah, that is that is a weird sort of plot point because I think the... My assumption was that she was lying about the pregnancy.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like that was kind of an assumption they were trying to force upon us by not...
0: It, it's it's weird that... But you nof- don't know
1: how much time passed either, so I like... It's, it's weird that
0: nothing ever came of it, though. Right. Because then eventually, eventually he... Tries to drown her and thinks he does, and then there's like a pro-abortion movie. Yeah, he
1: wants her to get an abortion when finds out she's pregnant. She just won't do it. Yeah, the bitch, (laughs) bitch, in stereo, (laughs) both ears. I broke into her apartment and I didn't find anything. It's like ten seconds of dialogue. It it is a really weird thing.
0: Like I actually thought that I just like forgotten when we found out about that, but like it never comes. And there's a point like he he literally kills her like yeah uh, and well he doesn't she she drowns but then she doesn't comes out
1: and his wife shoots her in the fucking face yeah uh which but, by uh, the way so you didn't even like the scene when he, his he's like my wife wants to talk to you and she grabs the phone and she's like if you come near my family again i'll kill you and then hangs up the phone <laughs> that's pretty badass right and then kills her <laughs> yeah well later
0: no so i didn't like that uh, yeah so that's what i was gonna say when i stalled out earlier uh it was like the original taken <laughs> uh I I didn't like I feel like the movie needed to build I feel like the like the midpoint of the movie needed to be him confessing to his wife uh what he had done which he does uh closer to the end than the middle uh, yeah like uh, an hour and 40 minutes of the movie he does after after uh Glenn Close kidnaps their daughter and boils a fucking rabbit
1: yeah, well, once the rabbit's boiled, you kind of have
0: to explain a thing or two. <laughs>
1: but that's the thing is, like, I, I feel like I feel
0: like it would have been a more honest and more uh, interesting. You should have been like somebody broke into the house and must have killed the rabbit. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but no, I, I feel like if that happens an hour into the movie, uh, and then I think you know, and they have like an actual an actual conversation about what happened instead of just like, by the way, I fucked her, and she's like, huh. <sighs> That stinks.
1: And she's pregnant. You're a jerk. Yeah.
0: Oh, and by the way, she's pregnant. Oh. Yeah. Mm. yeah like, it, that scene is, like, 35 seconds long, and she just gets over it, and then she's on his side. Like, I just feel like that wouldn't happen. Like, that's not believable at all. If that happens in the middle of the movie, and they actually have, like, a real conversation about it, then we can actually get on his side, and he can be a sympathetic character, and we can just believe, like, root for him. Right. While there is the, the you know, the crazy woman stalking them. Well, you know, that was
1: a problem that a lot of people have with the movie was they thought that he was too sympathetic.
0: Too sympathetic?
1: Yeah. That uh, when she dies at the end and they, they, like, show the shot of, like, the the picture frame that it, like, gives off, like, oh, happily ever after. Like, we're all good now. And I think, I think somebody mentioned that, like, in one of the long shots that, like, a cop shakes his hand or something. I don't remember that now, but. I don't remember that. That, like, yeah, we got her. The bitch is dead. No, I just you know like I, because the uh, I I
0: assume it's the rabbit boiling scene that's like on this list of the most memorable <clears throat> scenes of all time. Like I kind of just yeah. thought it
1: was bunny boiler ended up being a a phrase for like a scorned vengeful woman. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I I I guess I buy it, but but and Glenn Close does not like that that became part of the lexicon. Oh, I'm sure. She but does. you don't care about that because you think she's ugly, and her opinion is not.
0: <laughs> no. I, like I, I think I just think that scene falls flat. Like uh, outside of just being like, I, I mean, it, it Cause sucks. it's a
1: stuffed rabbit in a pot of water.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it, it just doesn't. It doesn't really
1: do anything because right. I don't care. I mean, it's just the catalyst for him telling his wife what happened, basically.
0: Yeah, but I feel like I feel like if if he confesses halfway through the movie and then you know the bunny which he didn't want to get like <laughs> for his daughter, like I feel like if that's sort of like the penance you know and like all right we'll get the rabbit and and then it gets boiled because it's like a symbol of the rabbit is
1: this punishment for fucking another woman yeah yeah (laughs) what are you even saying right now what does that mean
0: no i i feel like if that's if that you know because his daughter wanted to get the rabbit right and he wouldn't allow it and then i feel like if if that's like how part of how he like reconciles his misdeeds.
1: Oh, okay. It's not his punishment. It's his way
0: of making, making yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It, it's his way of like giving something up for getting something. <clears throat> getting some. You know? I,
1: I think I have a, a prudent question at this point. Ask it. Um, Brad, would you rather fuck the rabbit than uh, Glenn Close?
2: <sighs>
1: <laughs> Thinking way too long on this one. Need I remind you, the rabbit did not blow anyone in an elevator. I don't know. Uh, did you like the original ending better, uh, or is it a one compared to a zero?
0: It, it kind of is, to tell you the <laughs> truth. Like I, I, I thought, I thought the ending sucked, and then uh, having seen the alternate ending, um, I also, th- I actually think the uh, the alternate is worse. Maybe, maybe because I watched it out of context, but uh, I don't think it makes any sense.
1: Okay. What about you? I think I like the original ending better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't love it.
1: Like, it just seems like a. But like, I feel like they didn't build up the original ending enough. Like we were saying, like they don't show her, they don't show her side of anything enough. Because the only thing that they show for Alex Forrest, the, um, the five out of ten Glenn Close in in Brad's book, the horrific, um, yes. <laughs> The only the only relationship we have to her character is in relationship to Dan, Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. She's either calling him or stalking him or whatever. Like we don't see if she is like this broken, damaged, tragic character. We don't see it, which is kind of a bummer because I like that aspect to it. I, I would like to see a movie where it's all kind of gray area where like he fucked up and did this. She fucked up and and did it or, or you know, they, they did this thing together. They both fucked up. She's also kind of damaged, but it's not like a uh, we need to kill her, you know, to get rid of her. Well, yeah. I guess that's the thing is like for so much of the movie, it's uh, we're supposed. I feel like
0: what we're supposed to feel is like, gosh, I hope his wife doesn't find out. But like, I don't feel Which that because yeah. again, Michael Douglas is not a sympathetic right. character. Like he, like he just he doesn't play and, that character well and
1: honestly once like once she puts like acid on his car that's like just tell your wife dude yeah yeah then it, well cuz then it just gets cartoonish
0: and yeah. it, like i just feel like the the change is so is so rapid and so just like it's so sudden that like i i don't buy it and i don't care like i can't i can't really enjoy it because it just you know, it's just, it's I would have, a departure from like what I'm feeling for the rest of the movie. I would have loved
1: after their one night stand when at the end of her one, the, the one night stand, she, she slits, uh, slits her wrists open and he has to stay for like another night or whatever to make sure that she doesn't do it again. Or I don't know, but I would love to like, there be one scene where like, he's like, you know, bandaging her up and like hugging her or whatever. And there's just a shot of Michael Douglas's face and he's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the monster now? She's like, what did I do? <laughs> it's like I, I had sex with her and she slit her own
0: wrists. Yeah, which I also didn't believe. Like, my God, this wasn't that great.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> cried in an opera, great. Yeah, but again, like you were saying, like, okay, you want to you want to keep your distance. Like, I don't believe the people who were like, oh, he got what he wanted out of her and then left. I'm like, no, that's not exactly what happened, no. but. But then at the same time, I'm like, why'd you go, why'd you go back and have dinner at her place? And why, like, she cooked for you. You went to the park with the family dog, like Uh, you said. And it's like, now we're entering into a whole other weird territory. Well, it's
0: also like, I I feel we should wrap up or sort of circling. But, like, in that scene, too, like, I I just feel like they never had really had any chemistry, too. Because there's that, there's that part in that where, uh. Where he's like running after the dog, and then he like falls down, and she's like, "Oh God, what happened?" And he's like pretending to have heart, pretending right. to have a heart attack, and uh, and she's like very nervous, and then like, oh, he pops up, ha ha ha, right. no, I'm fine, and then she like kind of ribs him back and says like, "Oh, my father died of a heart attack," and. And then he, you know, he, he's he's very, oh, he's very, like, oh, oh, very apologetic yeah. and everything. Oh no, I'm just kidding. Didn't, just kidding, yeah. And then like, then he really did. <laughs> well, well, no, not that. But like in the scene itself, <sighs> he just like doesn't appreciate that as like her sort of playing along, like right. building on his gag. Like he's just like, he's just like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, like why would you say that?
1: And then you find out her dad really did have art. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> like, kind of funny.
0: <laughs> it's just like a weird, like it's in a good the, rib. <laughs> in the moment, it was just like. Why are these two people together? Yeah. Like they have no chemistry like why wouldn't why wouldn't he just laugh at that? like yeah. she basically did the same joke to him, and he he's just like, "Ah, oh, mine was hilarious.
1: Yours was not fuck like, you um no but let's that go wasn't, fuck. that he wasn't blow funny. me in the elevator yeah. no, but I don't know it was it was a crazy movie on the whole, but you know what the most unrealistic uh scene was I think when they fucked in the sink and she turned on the faucet and put water in his face. No, that was fine. no, I'm talking about oh yeah. When they fucked all. I night. I do that all the time. When they fucked all night, and then she's like, "And then it's like, what do you want to do now?" And then they go to a goddamn dance club, and I'm like, "No, no way!" No. I was sleeping ten minutes ago. Yeah. No <laughs> way. Roll over. Stop talking. <laughs> you five. <laughs> that Moving was on. Brad's voice. <laughs> yeah, I broke into her apartment. and I didn't find anything. <laughs> I almost feel like I should get the clip and we can play it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I...
0: Bitch! <laughs> What's worse, us saying bitch a lot or
1: me calling her a five several times? Uh, you calling her a five several times. <laughs> yeah, I'm not proud of it, but... Because I'm quoting a movie and you're <laughs> you're <laughs> rating a woman by <laughs> her looks. I'm quoting my feelings. <laughs> Ah, oh, wow. I'll cut some of that out. <laughs> like all the mentions of... Fiddle <laughs> Dragon is just going to be me talking. <laughs> <and> <laughs> responding to questions <laughs> that no one hears. <laughs> uh, intermission?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope it's obvious that the... One to ten scale was a joke. Is it, Brad?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she was a four. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you say she's a five, but, I mean, is ten the best or is ten the worst?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Unlawful Entry. Also,
1: your pick. Why? Tell me why. (laughs) Well... Um, I I love Kurt Russell. I love Ray Liotta. I've I liked this movie when I first saw it. However long ago that was, I was probably a teenager, and I was wondering uh, if it was still any good. Mm. So uh, I decided to put it on the list. And I remember it being about you know obsession, uh, th- th- which is the you know the theme that we're we're going with here today. Yes, it is. <laughs> did it hold up? <laughs> uh, I think it did. I thought it was great. I thought Ray Liotta was awesome. Uh Kurt Russell kind of playing against type a little bit. Uh was he? Yeah. He's well, kind yeah, of playing type. Nah. It was it was this is right after like Tango and Cash when he was, you know, badass. He was not a badass in this one. Not decidedly unbadass. Yeah, I thought he's alright. I uh, well, yeah, I guess I'm thinking of like He's kind of a dweeb. Well, but, it's like the whole plot of the movie is that Ray Liotta doesn't think that he's mad enough to protect her, so that's why he gets obsessed with her.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know, I kind of think of uh I think my favorite Kurt Russell movie is Overboard. Breakdown. Oh, okay. actually I do love Overboard. But I think Breakdown is kind of like a similar character where he's sort of the oh, yeah, ordinary yeah. man in extraordinary circumstances right. and
1: that's sort of what he is kind here too. A- always running on adrenaline and fear. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I enjoy Breakdown as well. Anyway, uh <clears throat> yeah, so this movie uh what's it about when we do a rundown? Um uh, rundown. So We've got this Kurt Russell and Madeline Stowe play uh, Michael and Karen Carr. And at the beginning of the movie, um, their house gets invaded by a robber man. and uh, A robber man? A robber man. Is that what we call him now? <laughs> yeah. All right. I've, I've had too many beers. Is robbery when you're home and burglar is when you're not home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's an unlawful <laughs> entry of your home. Oh, my God, it is. But at the same time, so is Officer Pete.
0: Hmm. Who's that?
1: Officer Pete is played by Ray, played by, played by Ray Liotta. He responds to the 911 call of, uh, the home invasion and becomes kind of obsessed with, uh, this couple, primarily, uh, Karen Carr. Uh, he's, starts to, uh, he has a security system installed on their property and kind of becomes obsessed with protecting her and making sure she's protected it's very heavy on the um uh i can't remember what the hell it's called now protection no it was um uh the i'm trying to think of the word of like when you think someone's in love with you but i can't think of the what the word is but that's basically what it Crush. is no no not, not really but um it's, uh, it's like the, the mental delusion, which is kind of similar to a lot of the movies that we watch. Kind of Fatal Attraction had a little bit of that, too. Um, and he kind of becomes obsessed with, like I said, protecting her and kind of getting uh, Kurt Russell's character out of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. And then it comes to a head in the third act. Yeah,
0: I hadn't seen this movie. Actually, I hadn't seen all three of these movies that we discussed today. Really? Four, including Greta. Um, but no, I hadn't seen this, and uh, I I was uh, pretty against the first two that we talked about. But uh, this, I actually thought was kind of great.
1: Yeah. Uh, now yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah. Fucker. Uh, Bitch. <laughs> What'd you like about it? What'd you hate? Talk to me. I you
0: know I actually didn't hate anything about it I I actually thought it was pretty great start to finish like just a classic like '90s genre film uh, honestly like Ray Liotta and Kurt Russell fucking awesome in it uh, oh yeah
1: yeah this is I think is this the first I'm wondering if this is the first kind of crazy Ray Liotta villain he did Field of Dreams before this and. What else am I thinking of? I wouldn't call him a crazy villain in Field of Dreams. No, well that's what I'm saying. I was wondering if this. But was you don't know baseball clearly <laughs>
0: by your fanship of the fan. So was he? Maybe Ty you Cobb? thought he was the villain. You thought you thought he threw the 1919 World Series.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Such a villain. Blame? Was he Ty Cobb in Field of Dreams? <laughs> he, wasn't he
0: Shoeless Joe? I don't know. He might
1: have been. <laughs> did you say shitless Joe?
0: No, Shoeless Joe. Come oh, on.
1: Okay. Come on, Karen. No, I know what he's supposed to be called. I just thought you were too many beers in to say shoeless. Come on. Oh, for God's sakes. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I I, I loved Ray Liotta's, uh, you know, crazy villainous Officer Pete Davis, who I lovingly refer to as Officer Pete. And uh, I love how the kind of the slow build of everything, how... Um, kind of all the, uh, <laughs> all the, 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 pieces. Oh, that was, that's what it was. That's what I was thinking. It was Goodfellas that he just was coming off of. I think Goodfellas and feel the dreams maybe. So, I mean, Goodfellas, he was an unsavory fellow, but he was still kind of the protagonist. So he's an okay fella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Goodfellas and feel the dreams. Yep. So yeah, it's, uh, where did I leave off with this? <laughs> I don't know, did you say anything about it? <laughs> I don't think so
2: <laughs>
1: No, oh yeah, I, I remember what I was saying uh, I like how um, kind of all the pieces that he kind of set in place kind of uh, all helped to cause the like downfall of, uh, of Kurt Russell's character so he could get his wife alone and, and uh, I, I don't even want to say profess his love for her because he thought that she loved him so he thought that he was just like giving her what she wanted but it was just not the case yeah uh so.
0: I, I yeah actually i i thought the whole development of it was pretty great though like i i thought the opening scene uh, you know like most of these movies that we watched for for this uh for this theme uh yes. i was taking notes during them and just like they they're all just like bullshit uh sort of like laughing at things pointing out how ridiculous things were yeah. um but this was like literally My notes were like, great opening scene, Uh, you know, like, ah, love this character. Um, It it was just like a lot of complimentary things. And I actually don't have many notes for it because I was just watching the movie
1: (laughs) because it was really entertaining. And it was and it was pretty, I mean, obviously kind of sensationalized for the film, but uh, sure, but still kind of grounded in realism.
0: Yeah, I thought, it, yeah I, I thought it was like an exaggeration of, of something that seemed fairly realistic. Do you want like, to know
1: how realistic?
0: Uh, I have a feeling you want to tell me how realistic.
1: Do you know that this movie came out two months after the L.A. riots? No.
0: But, that, I mean, that, that would, that, what, what do you mean? What is that?
1: Well, I mean, like, and he's an LAPD officer, so <clears throat> it was like this. They had to actually adjust uh, and recut part of the movie because they, of the riots and all that stuff. So, it, so it kind of added that level of, Hey, you know, everybody going to see it at that time. That was like a hot topic of police abuse and abuse of power.
0: Yeah. Well, so. yeah. Cause I, I actually did like that. Cause that, that's something that happens fairly early on where, you know, uh, Kurt Russell sort of befriends this guy because he seems like, like a cool guy and right. he's helping him out. He installs a security system in their house. and, he seems like a really good Very cop, earth, and then yeah. and then he he sort of uh, Kurt Russell goes on a ride along with him, <clears throat> and he uh, Ray Liotta like tracks down the guy that actually broke into their house, and uh, he basically offers to let Kurt Russell do whatever the hell he wants like, right. he kind of wants him to like beat the shit out of him
1: yeah because earlier Kurt Russell was like I'd like to get that guy alone and you know this like just talking real big because yeah he's trying to talk tough he, yeah he's trying to, to impress Officer Pete yeah and so then when he and he calls a bluff <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, he doesn't really, like, uh, because, yeah, I mean, he gets him alone with him, and he's he's basically, like, presenting him right. to, like, yeah, go ahead and do whatever the hell you want to this guy. And Which is basically
1: Kurt, the turning point.
0: And, yeah, it, I actually love that turning point, too, because yeah. Kurt Russell is, like, he has the very human, like, I feel like it's a very human reaction in the first place to, like, I want to fucking kill that guy, right. and then he actually gets the opportunity to, and he sees him as a human being, and right. he's on his knees at the at the hands of this guy who's kind of a psycho
1: and well and at the same time he was like i I, I can't do it like i yeah this is actually human being he was out of the moment and the guy was like defenseless and he's like i'm not like i can't yeah 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 uh, yeah, I, which I thought, almost gets you mad at his wife when she's like, I, "Forgive me if I don't have any sympathy for the guy that held a knife to my throat." And it's like, but at the same yeah, time, yeah, but you didn't see him; he was very pathetic.
0: <laughs> but so, like, part of the reason I like it though is because I actually like I sort of bought all sides. Yeah. where like, yeah. I, I could I could understand that reaction from her because like she did have a knife to her neck, and and also she right. didn't see this 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 guy who did that right. like on his knees, fucking defenseless, and so. Like I, I thought, all of it was kind of believable, but like it was also still kind of like sensationalized oh, and yes. exaggerated to the for like for the sake of entertainment. And I thought that all really worked. Yeah, and and the fact that it was again like Ray Liotta, Kurt Russell, Madeline Stowe, like fucking awesome '90s actors.
1: just And and that turning point, they actually shot it and modeled it after the Rodney King video. Oh, did they really? Yeah, because it was before the the trial had ended. And then once the trial had ended and the, everyone fucking rioted, they decided to cut a lot. They cut it like a good 10 or 15 seconds out of the beating and, and focus more on Kurt Russell's reaction to it to be oh, like, okay. to be like, we don't want to. Yeah. Well,
0: see, that, that was kind of the funny thing, too, is like I, I was sort of pegging it as a very 90s movie for the first like 25 to 30 minutes yeah. because like there's a there's a very it's very like cop worshipy. Yeah. We're like, oh, wow. It's, it's such a great thing that you guys are here. So, I mean, I'm and so they glad say you guys it, are helping us.
1: They say it a few times in the movie where it's like, oh, the police versus everyone else, or however yeah. they phrase it. Which is also kind of weird, you know, to have that right around the L.A. riots, which is basically the police versus everyone yeah. else. Yeah, uh, yeah. and where we learn that, like, yeah, the cops aren't necessarily... Yeah. And I hadn't even thought about it until, like, today, I think, when I was kind of going over my notes for it. And I was like, holy shit, 92. And I looked up the dates for the riots. I'm like, wow. It ended literally two months before the movie came out.
0: Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I thought this was extremely entertaining. Uh, Like, without a doubt, the best
1: movie that we watched for all seven of these that we'll be talking about. Yeah, and I love, like, even the little things in this movie, I love, like... Like you can tell Ray Liotta is just like this really sad, sorry, like lonely dude who, you know, fucks prostitutes because he can't like, you know, he has no one. And when he interacts with other people, like when he interacts with a couple, like everything seems so forced, like he doesn't know how to socialize with actual human beings. So like he forces laughter and like he tries to make stupid jokes and and it's so it's just so funny to watch i yeah i just think his character's kind of great too
0: like i i think in the end like the last the last act maybe it gets a little bit pulpy which i I think is fine i think it works for the movie but i feel like it's earned it at that point yeah but i think the first half it's it's like a genuinely good film because there's also that there's that point where he um where he they show him in like the underpass and he's fucking that prostitute yeah in his car, and then uh, and, and then she like expresses interest in like you know going out or something like that, and he like he basically just like throws her out of the
2: car. Well,
1: I think it was like she want, she asked if he wanted to go to a hotel room because like I think he was having trouble like performing performing in the car and she was like do you want to go if you, if there's a problem and that's when like he took the breath and like Probably grabbed her do. head and was like the problem is i keep fucking like two bit whores like you and then yeah. he threw her out of the car
0: but so <laughs> I, like i thought the filming was kind of great in that in that uh sequence because then like they're showing her like he he like heels out and he's driving away yeah. and they show her like on the ground disheveled yeah. and then there's uh he had been asked to like come speak at a like a the very next scene. elementary <laughs> classroom and so it starts the the voiceover of him like giving this presentation to like first graders yeah. while we're, we're staring at this prostitute that he just threw out of his fucking car <laughs> all about
1: helping people <laughs> yeah it's just like
0: oh yeah my job yeah <laughs> it's just like how, how he's like a hero all the time yeah. like I thought that was
1: pretty fucking great and uh, it's great like um, the other thing I noticed is right after that, when he's asking Karen, Madeline Stowe's character to go get coffee outside the school, I, I was like fascinated, like his body language, like he was kind of like, not really sort of slouching a little bit. Like he wasn't like presenting like this, like bravado, like yeah, this the macho guy. cop thing. And he was kind of like leaning forward, like acting kind of like goofy, like kind of like, I'm just, I'm just a regular dude. Like it was so like. I don't know if it was, like, like if his character was deliberately doing that, or if, again, it was, like, a whole mental thing of, like, this is how I you can get women if you act, like, aloof and stupid and, and like, goofy.
0: Yeah. Uh, man, I, I, I don't know. Like, I
1: can't... I, I, I was... And you can see his obsession slowly start to take over, where he starts to even contradict things that he did earlier in the movie when he wasn't so obsessed. Like, at the, the very beginning, when he first in, is introduced... He tells them about how, like, uh, oh, this is, you know, you don't have anything to worry about. This is a safe neighborhood. This is, like, a one-off thing, and... Like we'll catch the guy and don't worry about it. Like you, you don't need to buy a gun. Just get a security system. You'll be fine. And then later in the movie, he's like, "You can't protect her. This fuck this streets You've seen these streets. Everything's yeah. dangerous. You're gonna die." And it's like, "Holy yeah, it shit yeah, gets more desperate." Yeah,
0: yeah. I actually like. I I actually one of the things that I wrote down was in that first scene when Kurt Russell was like, "I'm getting a fucking gun. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing. It. I'm getting a gun." And the, and he, Ray Liotta, and his and his his partner are just like, "Don't get a gun. Don't. Get you a don't want to get a gun. Yeah. You're just gonna end up shooting yourself." Well, that's
1: easy for you to say. You already got a gun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, <laughs> that that seems like such a like a early 90s like or at least pre 2001 yeah. mentality like, like pre, he's just pre- posturing in
1: front of the police like i, I can protect my house i'm going to get a gun yeah i'm getting a gun uh and he gets a gun <laughs> and then he does yeah yeah um i don't know yeah oh oh that that was the other thing is that that turning point when he finds the the guy who did rob the house and beats the shit out of him that um another reason that that's kind of the turning point is that it's almost like he's vetting Michael at that point. Like, he's like, if you don't beat the shit out of this guy, then I know that your wife isn't safe kind of thing. Like, yeah. if you puss out, then I, I need to protect her. So that's kind of like the turning point of that, too, where he does. He, you know, he stops him from beating the shit out of the guy. And then that's when, like, everything really starts to ramp up. Ray Liotta starts doing way more. She shows up, like, in their backyard when she's in the pool. Like, he's just there. He comes in the house when, <laughs> when they're ha- having sex. Yeah, that part is really fucking creepy. Yeah, uh, and it's like I—you get so aggravated where you're just like, because she's always defending him, and you're like, why don't you see a problem with this?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That scene, that scene in particular, too, because. <sighs> Man. Yeah. I, well, not only that, but because it's really creepy. Yeah. Because then he like it's creepy cuz like they show him, they show him for so long like hesitating to turn his flashlight right. on and he, then he finally does. He's, he's like, watching
1: oh, them have sex. Boy, it's and very then he, creepy. And then he turns the flashlight on and then he just leaves and bails. <laughs> he says nothing. He never identifies himself as, you know, police entering the building or whatever. He never does anything. And not only that, but he's there because he says he's responding to their security alarm. Yeah. But the security company called yeah, and he gave him the password, so the cops shouldn't have come. But again, Karen doesn't she's like, "Oh, it's fine." <laughs> yeah. My husband's overreacting. There's, it's like, "Come on, uh, there's a little bit of plot
0: necessity in that, but like yeah. I, I, you know, I accepted it because I thought the movie was so entertaining yeah. and and I, I don't know. I was I was willing to like have a lot of suspension of
1: disbelief oh, yeah. in that movie because well, and in, I in so, defense, I, I
0: thought so much of it was done well that you know this sort of hammy stuff right. was just a lot of fun for me.
1: And in its defense too, like she does kind of side eye him a little bit, but she still gives him like the benefit of the doubt. She lets a lot of things slide, but she does have like various looks of kind of like concern, like when he shows up when she's in the pool and she's like, "Oh, what the fuck are yeah, you doing uh, here?" Uh, oh, oh yeah, like yeah, like you can tell she's. Like, giving him the benefit of the doubt, but she's still like, maybe my husband's right. I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I thought the movie was believable because, like, Madeline Stowe, solid eight.
1: (laughs) 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 Also, (laughs) why were his credit cards canceled? (laughs) Because you later got him canceled yeah but how did he how, did, how, did, how does that happen I don't know I just did I just accepted it was that a thing in the 90s that cops could get credit cards canceled probably I didn't know that was
0: a thing I feel like you could have called and pretended to be the person whose credit
1: card it was I guess maybe he had his accounts frozen yeah maybe that was it something like that I don't know I feel like there's gotta be a paper of that sort of thing yeah. I don't know and again it's just one of those cases of like you know the cops don't believe you until it's too late like it, like in most of these movies. Do you think that MasterCard was a sponsor?
2: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway. You know, my big question, though, after this movie that I have... I mean, I was just wrapping up, but is, what's your uh, big question? Uh, Kurt Russell, Michael Carr, his friend Roger, did he get his house back? Because <laughs> he gave the, the bail bondsman the deed to his house to get Michael out of jail. Was that his neighbor or was that his lawyer? I think it was his lawyer. Oh, I think he said neighbor. No, Roger, I think is it. Said. I was wondering if he got. He, he gave him Roger his. Roger, neighbor. What's it? He's difference? like, I gave him the deed to my house and a $25,000 check. And I'm like, I wonder if he got any of that back. Yeah. Poor Roger. <laughs> anyway, Ray Liotta gets killed at the end. So <laughs> <laughs> the day is one. But he deserved it. The day is one. And then Kurt Russell can go fuck stuff. his
0: solid eight out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was going to cut that part. <laughs> I don't rate women like that anymore. No, you do it out of five now. (laughs) Well, in that case, Glenn Close is like a two.
1: (laughs) Damn, she went down. She lost a half a point. Uh, So is that how that movie is? Is that how that wraps up? We good now? Yeah, that's weird. Anyway. So anyway, yes off launching great solid performances great characters and uh I don't know all around a a, yeah. a fun little it's, tense movie it's hammy in all the right ways and
0: yeah. I, I it's also legitimately gritty at times and right. uh, it doesn't overdo things badly it's a very so. fun movie to watch unlike fatal attraction <laughs> the fan and Greta fuck those movies I disagree but that's fine
1: Hey, we agree to disagree. That's what we do on mandatory movies. <laughs> Rate us on iTunes. Five out of ten. <laughs> We're a solid Glenn close. <laughs> well
0: wow. anyway, uh i are gonna prom- have a lot of editing to do. Promise that I don't actually judge women on the ten point <laughs> scale. Uh <laughs> But no one is listening at this point because they think uh, I do. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, they've all turned it off. I'm Bradley Rudder. Are you? Excuse me. I'm Kevin Falkenberg.
1: <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm Dr. Edo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Kevin Falkenberg. He's Bradley Rudder.
0: Yeah. This is men, men. <laughs> this is men, men. <laughs> <laughs> the bonus episode to be great. Yeah, this has uh, been raiding women with mandatory movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been mandatory movies.
1: Good night. And I'm ashamed.
2: Bye. <laughs>